Hi and welcome to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm your host Renee Bennett and this is a leadership podcast for ordinary girls compelled to lead an extraordinary life. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. G'day, my name's Emma and I am the founder of Pippin Girl. Do you have a teen girl in your life? Mamas, dads, sisters, aunties, teachers, counsellors, youth workers, we are talking to you. Pippin Girl is a platform and publication passionate about providing fair dinkum, wonderful resources to empower you and that bright young girl in your life as you navigate the beautiful, sometimes hairy, journey to womanhood. We cover anatomy, puberty, health, body image, relationships, but most of all encourage your girl to treasure and take care of that remarkable body of hers. Join us in creating a healthier world for the next generation of girls. Jump on our website, www.pippingirl.com.au to check out our cool, fun and pretty resources or follow us on Instagram to find out more about who we are. Have a good one, lovely, and enjoy the podcast. Guys, hi, how are you? It's Renee here. Happy Friday. So good to be with you on another Parenthood episode. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you also again to people that have been sharing this podcast with their friends. It's the best way to get the word out there, which I love. And of course, for the people that are subscribing and rating, and especially the people that are leaving reviews, it's super helpful. And I am truly, truly grateful. Well, we have been talking last week and continuing this week um, about our children's friendships. So go back and listen to last week, um, particularly if you've got younger children, um, because one of the main things I spoke about was how we need to be intentional when it comes to our children and their friends, because all of a sudden they're outside of our homes and they're having to navigate the world of friendships with other people. And it can be complicated and, and it can be difficult for them. And they need to know that we are there and that we're putting lots of tools in their belt to help them when it comes to navigating friends and also teaching them how to be a really good friend. So I want to continue that today um, by talking about teenagers, because again, you know, your teen might kick back and not want you involved, but it is absolutely crucial, 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 crucial that we navigate, parent, and are completely involved, not in a creepy kind of, I'm going to watch over your shoulder with all your friendships way, but that we parent them as teenagers in this area as well. Now, before we start about friendships in the teenage years, I did say at the end of last week that I would do, that I would touch on, but I want to do a whole separate podcast on playdates, sleepovers, and parties. And I will probably separate the years again because um, once again, this is an area that we need to be very, we need to think ahead and have a plan. What are we going to do when it comes to our kids being invited to play dates? What about sleepovers? What about parties? And it's, look, it's a different approach in the primary school years to the high school years. But anyway, let me just say for now, because I do want to touch on it, but I want to go into more detail later. But let's just say for now, to be careful what freedoms you allow them in primary school, because it won't make sense to let your child go to every social activity in the younger years only to then pull back what you allow them to do in their teenage years, because parties change a lot, guys. Parties 
in uh, the teenage years can involve alcohol and all sorts of things. And you might want to pull back from what you allow your teen to go to in their teenage years, but that will not make sense to them if you've allowed them to go to absolutely everything in the primary school years. You know, there's a lot more at stake in the teenage years. Um, So just be mindful that more freedoms in the primary years than the high school years will not make sense to them and will most likely aggravate them and you'll end up with a really grumpy teen on your hands. So, you know, we, again, we're very intentional around play dates and parties in the primary school years so that we could, um, I guess, continue without shocking our kids to be intentional in the teenage years. All right. But what I really want to talk about today is how do we parent our teenagers when it comes to their friendships? And I've got eight, I think eight different thoughts that I want to go through, eight different, uh, I'm going to call them tools today that I want to put into your belt when it comes to your teenagers. Now, if your children are not teenagers yet, guys, I promise you, you're going to like blink your eyes and they're going to be there. So if your children are young, even if they're babies, uh, it doesn't matter. It's super smart to be listening ahead and planning ahead for what you're going to do when that season comes to you, because I promise you it will come quicker than you think. Now, hopefully by the time they're teenagers, you've taught them a couple of things in their primary school years. So if you go back to last week's episode, but just to do a quick recap, two things that you hopefully have taught them is one, you've already taught them what to look out for when it comes to making good friends. And the second thing that it's important to lay the foundations in the primary years is that uh, you're going to rely on the fact that they know how to be the leader and not the follower because that is going to be super important when it comes to their friendships in the teenage years. Because if they've learned to be the leader and not the follower, then they're not going to follow along if their friends do something stupid. So those two things are really important. The other thing that it's important for you to establish um, as a parent is a good relationship where your children and soon-to-be teenagers are comfortable having conversations with you because in the teenage years, conversations become super important. All right, let me empower you for a minute here. Parents, please don't be afraid of the teenage years. If anyone here has heard, oh my gosh, you just wait. They might be good now, but you just wait. That is absolute rubbish. Like just smile at that person and go, thanks heaps and walk away. Um, I promise you, if you do the hard yards when they're younger, their teenage years are not scary. I've, you know, just, well, I've got a 20 year old, as you know, an 18 year old and a 15 year old. And they're, I mean, they have their moments, but honestly, like their moments, I wouldn't even call them rebellious moments, you know, so it's not, it doesn't have to be scary. And so um, I just think if you lay the foundations well, Uh, But one thing that you need to not be afraid of when it comes to, well, not just the primary years, but the teenage years, and that's this, don't be afraid to be the boss, okay? Do you remember a few podcasts ago when it came to this whole obedience thing and I said to you to repeat that mantra after me, I'm the mum, I'm the boss, I'm the dad, I'm the boss. I actually had quite a few of you message me and go, I say that to myself all the time. Uh, It's the same when your kids are teenagers. You need to be the boss. Like you need to not be afraid. 
to be the boss when it comes to your teenagers. I know some people back off on the teenage years because they're like, oh, I don't want my kid to get rebellious and I don't want them to not like me. And they somehow they're afraid. But um, Cameron and I doubled down. We're like, oh, no, 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 no. We're still the boss because they need you to be. They need you to make the hard decisions. And sometimes you're going to need to do it for them around their friendships too. You know, there might be times where you need to go hardball as a parent of a teenager. And my kids have always known, our kids have always known, while they're in our house, it's our rules. And if we think that there's someone in their life that is not good for them, we do have the power to help them navigate and even to say no to certain friendships. Um, My kids actually knew, I should say our, because they're not just mine, Cameron's and mine, that we would um, at any moment, we would say to them, you know what, guys, if you want to, don't want to do what we say, we will take your phone. And if you're 17 and you've got yourself a a car and a license, we'll take your keys too. Like we weren't afraid to pull, pull out all stops if we had to. We haven't had to, thank goodness. Um, But we do have, as parents, a responsibility to know what's going on in their lives and especially around their friendships. You know, this is not the time to think, oh, phew, awesome. They're older. I'm done. You know, my time now. Nope. (laughs) If anything, they need you to know more than ever what's going on. And can I say this? Parents, mom, dad, in their teenage years, when it comes to their friends, watch them like a hawk. Did you hear me? Watch them like a hawk. So here we go. I'm going to say, we're going to run through, I think it's about eight different things, eight different tools that I want to give you when it comes to your teens and friendships. And here's the first one. Number one, set a boundary when it comes to their phone. Now, I don't know what age that you are going to give your young person in your house, your child, a phone. Another podcast, I would say for that, but everyone's got different ideas. I don't think there's particularly a right or a wrong way around that. But if they do have a phone, set boundaries. I say that in capital letters. Now, social media is going to be a platform that they're going to interact a lot on. And a lot of their friendships happen now, not just in real time, but online. And that's what you've got to watch. So you should know the password on your kid's phone. Yes, I did just say that. Absolutely, you have the right. You need to let them know that you will randomly check their phone at any time, but not because you don't trust them, but because you don't trust other people. And I would always say that to our children. You know, I'm going to check your phone. And I did. I checked their messages. I checked things at certain time. Now, some people might go, oh my gosh, what if they delete messages? And that is possible. But again, if you have raised them in their uh, primary years not to be deceptive and not to lie, they pretty much won't think about deleting messages. My kids never deleted anything. They never did anything that they needed to delete. So um, just let them know, you know, you're not trying to encroach on privacy or anything like that, but you want to help keep them safe. And it's often other people that you don't trust. So if they do pull the privacy card, don't buy into that because seriously, would you let them have any person that you've never met in their bedroom with the door shut? Of course not, but that's exactly what being on their phone in private is. 
If you let them do things on their phone and you've got no idea of the activity going on, you might as well invite a complete stranger into your house, tell them to go up into your kid's bedroom and shut the door. Like you wouldn't do that in real time. So don't allow on internet time what you wouldn't allow in real time. Because right under your nose, all sorts of things can be going on when it comes to their social interactions on their phones. You know, emotional connections can be made around messaging. They can get themselves in trouble by either receiving or sending nudes. Like that is a thing now. Even if they're not the one sending, uh, you know, people can, can send them to your teenager. Um, I know there was someone when, I can't remember what year, maybe Georgia was about year eight or year nine, and this guy was sending her the most inappropriate messages on Facebook Messenger, and she showed me, and I was like, what the heck? I printed them off nice and big, and I went down the school, and I showed them, and my our school are amazing at dealing with that stuff. So it's really more about protecting our child, our teenager, than not trusting them. No phones should be in the bedroom, especially at night when sleeping. Our kids were not allowed to have their phones in their rooms at all. Uh, charges needed to be. All of our kids fo- uh, charged their phones out in the lounge. Um, and when it came to social media, they had to stay on private. They weren't allowed to be like public. So they were private. And watch the apps that they're on. I hated Snapchat. I I think that's one of the apps I absolutely hate because kids can send stuff to your kids and it disappears quickly and so you can never kind of see it. So I was not a fan. My boys are not on it, thank goodness. Um, And in fact, I found that um, Georgia wanted to be on social media more than the boys. Anyway, that's number one. I definitely will do more around social media, but I'll just leave it at that for now, okay? That you need to... Be super aware of what's going on in their phone, check randomly and set boundaries and rules. And particularly no phones in the bedroom, no phones at night. Number two, the second thing I would do with teenagers, keep them busy. Keep them busy doing all sorts of extracurricular stuff. The more time that they're busy with out of school activities, including youth, by the way, My kids is compulsory. If they're in our house, they go to church, they go to youth. If they're busy, then they have less time to get in trouble and they have less time to hang with people that you might not um, particularly like their influence or you might not know who they are. So make sure they're doing activities, um, particularly where you know who the people are that are involved. So so keep them busy because it helps them stay out of trouble. Number three, maximize the time that they spend with friends that you do approve of. Okay. So I'll say that again, maximize the time that they spend with friends that you do approve of. So the opposite of that, minimize the time that they spend with other people that you don't know. So if our kids, for example, were going out, um, with other children, other, other young people from youth or youth leaders, or they're in their small group, Um, and I knew who they were with and we were like, yeah, we love these influences on their life. Um, then we loosen the boundaries a bit. We let them stay out a bit later, a bit longer. Um, but if they were doing an activity like, you know, a party or a hangout with some friends that we didn't know so well, I would never let them go somewhere where I didn't know the people and I would not let them go anywhere where I didn't know the parents. But if they went somewhere where I didn't know them as well, I would minimize the time. I would make a definite pickup time like, okay, well, you're allowed to go from 12 to 2 or you're allowed to go from 
We, to be honest, we never let late night hangs anyway. So um, they were hardly allowed to go to hang out with school friends. But what we did do is to maximize the time with people that we loved, we would take them to a lot of conferences and holidays where they hung out for hours and days with our lifelong family friends because we love our lifelong family friends and their kids and their influences we want in our kids' lives. So we maximize that time. Okay, number four, if you say no to something, replace it with a better yes. Okay, so if you're saying no, you can't do that, replace it with something even better. So for example, if we didn't let one of our teenagers participate in something like, I don't know, a 15th party at a house where we didn't know the parents, we would try and replace that with something else. So you know, we would go, oh, let's go to the beach or, you know, we would take them to time zone or just literally anything. So that way too, it gave them an excuse and a reason to tell that other friend, you know, why they couldn't go to the party because they don't want to say, oh, I'm not coming because I'm not allowed to. Like that's just embarrassing for them. So you want to cover and protect them. But if instead they were, you know, we gave them a reason like, oh, I'm really sorry. Um, I've got, um, I have to go out with my family today or something like that. So just make sure if you're saying no to something, take them out, do something really fun with them. You know, make sure that your household is the one that everyone wants to grow up in. So we, we did say no to a few things, but we also said yes to a whole heap more and things that we were happy with. All right. So let me go over those four. So number one, set boundaries with their phone. Number two, keep them busy. Number three, maximize the time they spend with friends that you know are a good influence. And number four, if you say no, make sure that you say a better yes to something else. Number five, set strong boundaries and communicate these really clearly. So what do I mean by that? My, our children knew what we would say yes and what we would say no to. They just knew our family values. They knew our rules. They knew our boundaries. And my kids would often come to me and go, mom, I know you're going to say no, but I'm invited to so-and-so's birthday party this weekend. Um, And they said that because, like I said, they knew our rules and our boundaries because we talked about them a lot. Like we had rules like you're not going to go to someone's house where we don't know the parents. So if they were invited somewhere where they knew we didn't know the parents, they just knew that it would be an automatic no. Um, uh, If we did know and approve of the parents, they also knew it would still be a no if there was a house hangout or a party where there was boys and girls both hanging out together. Um, They knew, for example, that if alcohol would be present at a party, they knew not even to ask Cameron and I if they could go. But I know that sounds really like, oh my gosh, but my kids never rebelled against that. I think because when we gave them our boundaries and our values, we always, we've raised them to know the why behind the what. And they would always know why they weren't allowed to do certain things. And they could see that they were reasonable. Very, very rarely did one of them get really cross about something in particular. But like I said, it's not like they were socially isolated and had no one else to hang with. They had plenty of other people and plenty of other options. Okay, number six, 
Oh, there you go. I've actually just said it. Your teenager will be more agreeable if they know the why behind the what. So if you're going to give them a list of boundaries and a list of things that they can and cannot do, it's only going to make sense to them if they understand why. We never set rules for the sake of rules. We always had a why. So we would talk about why we didn't want them going to a friend's house when we don't know the parents. We would discuss different values and we would say things to them like, We don't want to put you in a situation where you have to feel awkward, where maybe a family is doing something that you know we don't approve of, and you're going to feel really awkward about that, about saying no. So we want to protect you from that. Um, We would explain to them why we wouldn't let them go to parties with school friends, because almost always alcohol was involved, even underage. I I promise you, and do not, by the way, do not go by your teenager's word for it. Don't say to them, is there going to be alcohol? You can pretty much guarantee that there's going to be alcohol at um, most teenage parties. I'm not even going to say even if it's not a church or a Christian party, there can still be alcohol there. Um, And so we would explain to our kids why and the different situations that that, that they could get into and, and how we were protecting them. Now, the beautiful thing was nearly every single time that we had said no to our teenagers about something, they would come home from school the Monday after the party and say, mom, dad, I am so glad I didn't go because so-and-so told me this happened. So honestly, it was almost like, thank you, God. (laughs) Every time that we had said no and set up a boundary, they would come back with a story. And I have had so many times where my kids would go, mum, I understand why you and dad have taught us the way that you, you have, because a lot of their friends they had found who did not have the same values as us are unhappy, get themselves in trouble, they're, uh, they're drinking at a young age, and they can just clearly see the difference between that and other people that we do love them hanging out with. All right, we're nearly there. Two more to go. No, one more to go. I lie. Sorry, guys. I have seven tools for your belt, not not eight. So number seven is this. Increase, Increase the freedoms that you give them, but do it on your terms. So, you know, you don't want your teenager so frustrated because you won't let them do anything. There's there's nothing worse. And I think one of the reasons that our children never rebelled, I mean, there's probably lots of reasons, but one of them is we did increase their freedoms. We didn't just restrict them and not allow them to do anything. So you've got to work out what it is that you're happy with. What freedoms are you and your partner and your family happy with? And let them, you know, let them experience some of those freedoms and let them fly a little bit on their own. Like set up um, situations where they, instead of saying no, 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 give them something that you are happy with and, and let them go. I'll give you an example to help you see what I mean. So Last summer, Ashton had just turned 15 and he's got some really great mates at school. And as you know, our school is not a Christian school. Um, He's got a couple of friends that go to church at school, but most of them don't. Um, And he really wanted to go out to movie world with it with a couple of his mates. And from memory, I think one of them was from church. One of them was from school 
uh, but they knew each other. And um, so we knew these mates and we trusted them together. And so we were like, yeah, we're happy with that. So we dropped them, we dropped them off. We made him do like hourly check-ins with us and he had an absolute blast but he felt like he was having a bit of freedom. Because when I think about it, I'm pretty sure that I caught the bus by myself at like about 14, I think I was. And I know some kids will catch buses all sorts of places a, a lot younger and we're a lot more protective now. But, you know, Ashton was 15. And um, so that's just one example that I'm giving you where you can go, you know what, I am happy for him and these two mates who I know are responsible for us to drop them at the door of, you know, Movie World, for example, hang out for a couple of hours, check in every hour, and then I'll come and pick them up at a specified time. Now, you might be mortified that I did that. You might think, oh my gosh, no way. But you find something that is uh, suitable that you think reflects your family and your family values. But I think, like I said, one of the reasons my kids have not rebelled is because we have given them leeway. I think if you're too tight and you're too strict and you won't let them do anything, that's when you are going to get pushed back. But, you know, letting them do things for themselves is super important. Or, you know, when we holiday with our family friends who we love and we trust, I mean, between us all we've got, well, between our the ones we holidayed with recently, I think there was like, I can't remember how many kids of ours there were between us. Like, I don't know, nine, nine kids, all teenagers. Ashton's the, Ashton and his mate um, are the youngest. So from their age up to early twenties, um, they go off together for hours and hours. They go off to like Noosa is one of our favorite holiday spots. So they'll go off to the beach or they walk to the ferry pools. So and we know the younger ones are safer with the older ones. And so you need to give them some space and some room to grow up, but allow it to be on your terms. So we never got to the sleepovers and parties. I'm definitely going to hit that up separately because super important when it comes to teenagers. So let me quickly go through those eight tools in your belt. Firstly, let me remind you, remember, you're the boss you're the boss. Okay. So let me empower you. Don't be afraid to be the boss. Don't be afraid to go hardball and set good high standards and um, know what's going on in their life. And here are the seven tools. Number one, set boundaries when it comes to their phone and be involved with what goes on in their phone. Number two, keep them busy. Number three, maximize the time they spend with friends you do approve of. Number four, if you say no to something, replace it with a better yes. Number five, set strong boundaries and communicate your expectations clearly. Number six, your teen will be more agreeable if they know the why behind your what. And number seven, increase freedoms, but do it on your terms and according to your family values. Huh, there you go. All right, guys, I hope that's helped you out. Please send that along to a person that you know with preteens or teens or even, you know, a 10-year-old. Get them prepared for the next season. And um, I'll have a think about what, what I want to do next week, but maybe I might do the parties and play dates and sleepovers because that's where trouble can happen if we're not careful. So we need to be intentional and have a plan going forward. All right. I hope that's helped you guys. I hope you got a few more tools in your belt when it comes to your children's and teenagers' friendships. Like I always say, come hit me up on my DMs like so many of you do all the time. If you've got any questions or you want to tell me a story, I love to hear it. I'll see you next week. Have a great week until then. Bye.